0: Yo, 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 ready for this?
1: to episode number five. It's another big one. Unfortunately, no world champions today, but we've got Australian national champions on the podcast. Uh, Let's just say these two are awesome climbers. Uh, Thanks to all the sponsors messages there from La Sportiva, great uh, company and awesome uh, shoes and a bit of clothing as well. Uh, Now, Aaron, what has been happening in the world of La Sportiva Australia this week?
2: Yeah, some last for TV news, uh, we're joining with Summit Gear and Blue Mountains Fitness to uh, sponsor the Glowworm Tunnel uh, Marathon and Trail Race uh, this year, which is really exciting. A great race in a beautiful location, so really, really cool to see that event continue and uh, to work with Summit Gear, who are up in Katoomba, so that's, that's really cool. great news. Excellent, and that, that's, um,
1: a, that's a weekend event, isn't it? Type thing going on. Yeah, so camp, cool. and
2: yeah, Excellent. pretty spectacular part of the world. So it's really uh, yeah, make a weekend of it. Um, no,
1: can't wait for that. More news coming
2: soon. Yeah, and obviously we've talked last week about some of the other events we sponsor, but to do something different this year as well, um, we we obviously sponsor some Laspativa athletes and some events, uh, but we're we're we starting a new uh, way of supporting those who um who do the I guess sort of stuff. Uh, style activities um, and we're going to promote we're promoting a, a Las Mativas a local legend uh, where anyone can nominate anyone can be can be awarded the, the local legend so it could be um, yeah a volunteer oh, cool. uh, a local climber who just you know loves the brand loves getting out doing, doing something cool so or contact maybe, us maybe a volunteer at one of these
1: running races that stands at a checkpoint all night long and, and, and
2: yeah, uh, yeah yeah cool We'll reward someone so um, you can just message us uh via our uh, socials um instagram facebook etc and just let us know like nominate yourself if you want if you've uh, you know if you love the brand and you you'd like some of for tea, it's uh yeah we want to just uh acknowledge some of the people who are doing things they might not be winning the comp but they're um
1: out they're, they're giving, out there doing it for for everyone excellent good to hear so, all right well that's that's fantastic news thanks there aaron for those quick updates now We'll get the, we'll get the new guests into the into the podcast. Let me let me see if the internet is uh working its magic and the <laughs> Wi Fi gods are with us. And there they're coming into the podcast. Oh here here we go. Welcome, Carly and Robert Le Breton, all the way from the Falcon uh, Bridge Institute of Sport, I believe. Is that correct, guys? Uh yeah,
3: that's correct. We're
1: yeah, no, know that was a few years ago, the old Falconbridge Institute of Sports set up here in in, uh, in, the, in the local uh, Low, Low Blue Mountains, for those people that don't know where Falconbridge is. And I suppose, uh, Carly and Rob, you guys were heading that up for a, for a few years there. And uh, is the Institute still pumping out fine athletes? Oh, it's a bit quiet these days. Yeah, it's
3: been working on the next generation. Yeah. Oh. yeah Breeding. <laughs> okay. okay, cool. I'm hoping to uh, breed the next generation of stunners and stars.
1: Oh, excellent that's what we want to hear. So today we just wanted to you know grab you two guys you're you're, you're definitely I suppose for a lot of people out there that didn't know you uh, as as the owners of Sydney indoor uh, climbing gym at Villawood and you now is that Australia's largest gym?
4: Oh, I think it's contentious. There's oh, two other
0: gyms.
1: St. Peter's um, is pretty big. Yeah,
4: St. Peter's. Oh, they they um, did they did so
1: expand, around. didn't they? Anyway, yeah, you're just the gym there. Yeah, for we'll sure. just but settle for the best. Settle <laughs> for the <laughs> best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Settle for the gym that has all the competition. So, if you guys have obviously we've been talking about the uh, Olympic qualifying and the Oceania comps, and that was fantastic, and and obviously Carly and Rob uh, headed that up. Um, uh, were, were the you know key integral parts of that, and we'll, we'll go into a little bit what their positions are. In in I suppose in climbing currently, but uh, today it's just that uh, we wanted to sort of grab these two guys and and sort of like tell you about like the past I suppose and where they've come from in in climbing and how they got into the sport and and a lot of people probably don't know um, Rob and Carly and and, and what they've done uh, in in the climbing sort of world so we just wanted to you know have a chat to them and and thanks for, for joining us we. Grabbed you from the cliff today. I'm Sorry about that, dragging yeah. off the We made it back for champagne. Yeah. Oh, for oh, oh, very
3: good. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously sending might be champagne s- for Carly.
1: Sending today.
5: Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nice work.
1: That's what yeah. we want to hear. Got me too. Now, I heard you were in the Blue Mountains. You got a bit lost, I, I believe. I do Are yeah. you guys feeling all right? It's training. It's there? yeah. training yeah. for winter.
3: Holiday grades. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard been yeah, there been something up there. got that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that out
0: later. it's all right. <laughs> no, that's
1: good, no problem. Cool. So I suppose we wanted to start. I mean, uh, Rob, you've been in the game for, for quite some time. How? I mean, how did you how did you get into it? Was it a, was a school camp or was it you know mates around the corner that that wanted? It? Was that Maddie Klein involved in your yeah uh, you know, your acceleration to the top in, in the early days?
3: Matt uh, came in a little bit later. It was a friend of mine, Andrew Andrew Mason. Um, he was, he borrowed advanced rock rock craft from the school library and picked up a copy of the Glenbrook Gorge guidebook from the local shop, and so we went and taught ourselves how to climb down at Glenbrook with... Um, oh, with a hemp rope and, a, and a, like, some seatbelt yeah. webbing. Oh, they're the good old
1: days. A rope from
3: his <laughs> uncle's truck and, and seatbelts we cut out of the cars at the tip, so... <laughs>
1: I'm <laughs> glad you survived. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, I'm glad I survived, too. It was pretty yeah, no. go there for a while.
1: I, yeah, <laughs> I, I do recall some uh, crazy stuff that I did at the start, thinking, oh, yeah, those guys can do that. Hemp ropes, and, and I think we even had machine nuts that we pushed into into yeah the we used to steal
3: the, the the u pins that hold the railway tracks into the sleepers oh and bash them yeah. into cracks
1: and, and we'd and bash them. them
3: into cracks and and use those as pittance <laughs> with dad's with dad's hammer
1: and, and then you found <laughs> some hardware carabiners so that it gets you up there you didn't form yeah, it shackles, shackles. The shackles on the way right. yeah cool. <laughs> that's right and uh, and and carly and I hope your introduction to rock climbing was a little no, bit more civilised.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's more civilised, yeah. I yeah. just started at the climbing gym. All right.
1: it was, this, was this down in, in Hangong, in Wollongong? Was yeah. It? yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. I just yeah chose it for school sport one term and that's it. I didn't pick another sport.
1: All right, but you got I, hooked. Got hooked. Oh, jeez. That's me. all right. And yeah. and and obviously I mean uh, I, I mean I remember meeting Carly uh, many moons ago and, and you were definitely one of the strong up and coming uh, juniors of the day and 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 you like the competition scene and, and you really thrived on that. And but I do I do remember seeing you a lot at the crag as well crushing in the in the early or well, you're still crushing, but like in the <laughs> early days is uh but I suppose yeah. this is a, a question. Well I
4: grew up in Wollongong, so it was an hour a narrow lot. What?
1: <laughs> Very good. The, uh, and, and, uh, and are we going to are we going to come out of the podcast and say it's the best crag in the world?
4: I, I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I uh, think you just did. Yeah. Well, they might uh,
4: mention the best route,
1: the best twenty eight in the world, maybe. Yeah. Eight <laughs> Sunshine, I think, is that one there? Yeah. Yeah. For your, your international <laughs> listeners, at seven C plus, an absolute classic for sure cool um, and, I, and I suppose being in Wollongong and I uh, um, you know down the south coast of, of Sydney uh, and close to um, Nara, which is obviously the uh, what do we what do we call it the um, uh, center of power in Australian rock climbing and that was probably back in the 90s that was sort of the uh, like um, the winter destination it wasn't for a lot of the climbers and I know Rob you you ended up down that way as well to develop the the, the crag as well is that correct yeah
3: yeah um... I, I kind of, um, when Nara had, had a couple of waves of development, but when it really took off, um, I was part of that scene, which was fantastic. It was a great thing to be part of. And, um, you know, it was, it was really a golden age of sport climbing. It was when sport climbing really came to Australia. So um, it was fantastic thing to be part of we had an excellent crew a really diverse crew and um it was it was great fun so yeah yeah
1: no I must be i mean i remember um being there in the early days in the in the early 90s and and some of those crags that are now quite established and and meeting you guys down i mean so i think the first time i met you rob was at McDonald's at Horsham. I think it was yourself. It was Dude and Andy Bull, and it was like, oh my God, I'm meeting Robert Le <laughs> and these guys. As obviously they were, they were like the idols of my day when I was growing up there, and I was at Arapolis dirtbagging And I think I was with that one Mr. Probably Garth Miller at the time, and we were in the just eating ice creams, I believe, and trying to escape the heat over over the summer. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Aaron's been there. He's been at Arapolis. He knows the place quite well. Yeah, So yeah, yeah, um, uh, just uh, mastering
2: the low grades,
1: really. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's my gig, uh, mastering the mid-grades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah.
2: I, low grades, low grades. <laughs> yeah.
1: and, and, and Carly, when did, I mean, you started like mid-90s, was that right down there or was it a bit later into in the season? Yeah, mid-90s, mid-90s, mid-90s 94, 90s, yeah.
4: 95, yeah. All right,
1: yeah, cool.
4: And um, yeah, I was mainly competing
1: yeah. and,
4: and heading down to Nara. As as well as as train training
1: yeah on the weekends and stuff like yeah it was a bit of a happening happening sort of scene back in the in the nineties I must admit like it was just it was good fun and everyone was out there
3: you know developing it and well and yeah
4: especially in Wollongong there was quite a few people yeah because
3: now it was quite close, so. Yeah. And, and Rod, Rod Young, who's like a, a straight yeah. climbing legend, had started yeah, exactly. Dog. And so that really became like the epicenter of climbing in Wollongong, and it drew all these people in, and mm. Carly was one of the kids that came along. Yeah, not, yep, yep. And, uh, and from there, it, it um, you know, like that, that was really where um, a lot of the later, not the initial development, but the, the sort of that kind of con, uh, consolidation of now came along from Rod. And just teaching people how to bolt and taking him down there and you know, endless yeah. yeah. psych and energy. And you know, oh, he's, he still he does it, doesn't he? He still does, yeah. Every, right. every time I see him, he's
1: like, he's <laughs> crazy. And he put
3: he's...
1: up
4: so many easy routes, yeah, which gave narrow accessibility to like everyone
1: to, to a lot of people, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that sort of thing, like areas like Thompson's Point and the Grotto are very accessible to a, a, a wide uh, range of rock climbers, you know, from different abilities. It. And that's that's that, I suppose, that's the attraction for climbers in Wollongong and it still is, I guess. Every time you go there, you see new faces and, and a mm. big contingent from the south coast. And and that that's that's good to see that. You know, yeah, I
4: think there's a pretty keen crew there. there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And I suppose for those, you know, that area, um, you you can zig off the point perpendicular if it's getting a bit hot at now as well. So I mean mm. uh yeah, I mean that's a little bit more um fly by the city of your pants. Uh, uh, being scared out of your brains because you're quite high up above the old ocean. But uh, I tell you what, that's uh, an exciting area to, to go to as well. Cool. Now talking about ocean climbing, wait a second, I've got a video here. So let me just uh, bring that up. Cool, excellent. So, uh, dog it to your eyes, bulge, is that
3: right, Rob? Classic, that's right, classic, yeah, classic, Michael Root at the sea cliffs. There's, the there's a pretty funny story with uh, the first time I went down and did that. Um, that, that time was actually to go back and film it for the, the movie Sydney Escape Roots. But the first time we went there, Jeff Wigand was out from the States, and so we got to the top of the gap, which is kind of a notorious suicide spot. And, uh, and, and you, can't, uh, we, you can't climb there <laughs> anymore, oh, can you? You can't it's, climb
1: there.
3: No. Uh, so we jumped the fence and we're tying off the ropes ready to wrap in because you have to wrap in from the top down to the wave platform and climb from there. And uh, Jeff had this, like, long sort of alpine-style fluoro um, pink and blue um, backpack. And he puts it down next to the wrap point, and starts like tying, you know, putting his device on, on the rope to start wrapping down. And his pack starts rolling and rolling and rolling. And like, none of us can do anything because, you know, you don't want to dive towards the edge of the cliff to, to try and stop it. And all of a sudden, it goes off the edge and into the ocean. And, uh, and he's like, oh, and he like wraps down. He's like, come down quick as you can. So he's like, he wraps down. And uh, I wrap down straight away after him. We get down there, and it's like June, it's the middle of winter. And uh, Jeff, like, strips down to his undies, <laughs> June, Sydney, um, winter, and he, like, ties, puts his harness on, ties in, and well, jumps he... off the wave platform with me, with me, with him on belay. So and and, you, and you're not, I gather you're not anchored, so. i no not anchored, no, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm running around trying to find something to hold on to in case he does, like, get washed away. <laughs> so he dives in, he's, like, swimming out into the ocean, you know, probably on top of sharks and all, all sorts of things and uh, swing towards this pack, which is sort of bobbing up and down. In the meantime, these fishermen have come along and they thought it was someone had jumped. So <laughs> oh, thought, oh, yeah, because
1: yeah, 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 they I thought could... they, were,
3: they were in a body retrieval mode. And so <laughs> oh, they, uh, they like haul this thing out of the water and they're like shocked to find there's no one attached to it. And uh, <laughs> the next minute, this guy's like swimming up. And so they think this guy's fallen off the cliff with his backpack on He like, <laughs> somehow survived the drop and is just interested in getting his backpack back. So they haul him into the boat and I'm tied onto the rope, like, you know, lying him, trying to, like, you know, make sure I don't lose contact with him. And uh, and so he t- explains the whole story of the fisherman. The fisherman are, like, happy and relieved, give him a pat on the back and shake his hand and throw him back in the ocean with his backpack on. And then I, like, haul him back in, hand over hand, back onto the wave platform. We have to, like, time his, like, you know, exit from the sea with the waves. And he crawls up through the barnacled rocks and you know gets there and he's you know it's freezing cold and he's shivering because it's in the total shade and um then he has to dry off and uh, we have to climb the route <laughs> yeah so you're, you're
1: not warmed up you're just going for it and uh, yeah. yeah well yeah.
3: jeff jeff was pretty determined to flash it because it was like the hardest route in sydney all right, all right. yeah right. so he was like you know pretty determined to to flash it and he did he flashed it and uh and then i did the second go and um and uh, after uh, cleaning all the sand out of the holes for him, mind you. Oh, did you, you have to go
1: up first? Were you, yeah, I went up first, put drawers on, cleaned the sand geez. off,
3: and that, he flashed he, it, and then I did did it. I think ago. He, he threw his bag in the ocean on purpose, didn't he? he <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: sure so, so yeah, yeah I mean, and then went, exactly. went
3: went back and um, and did it again for the video that you saw there. So, yeah, cool. Just, yeah, so sea cliffs is always like that. You never went there to Have a day's climbing, it was always just something bizarre happened, and it was just epic, epic. yeah. Wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> always, yeah. So, so, I did notice
1: a bit of acting there in the video. That was uh, look, I can see you're a better climber than an actor, I feel so. You know, sorry about that.
3: Uh, I think I nailed the uh, tsunami coming type um.
1: <laughs> type thing. Waves.
3: Yeah, that was good. Pete Ballant was there, and uh, we had to pretend there was a big wave coming and hide in the horizontal break, as you would if there was a big wave coming. Yeah, no, no, and very good, yeah. very good, very good. Yeah. No, and you no, noticed no. that I was wearing the uh, shock singlet as well, and the shock chalk bag. Very good. Yeah,
1: well, Australia's uh, was
3: it Australia's first sort of uh, chalk bag? Uh, um, uh, maybe not the first, but uh, we one of the, the early ones. ones yeah. yeah, we yeah we we made the, the world's first. That was our company. Pete and I had this little company making chalk bags. Yeah. And uh, okay. dude, dude, our friend Dave Filan came to us and he said he wanted a chalk bag you could just leave on the ground and chalk up from and that was sort of unheard of. Nobody had ever heard of that before. Oh, so we wow. made one and we called it the big dude. And, um, and that was it. It was the first boulder chalk bucket. It's when we went to England um, shortly after. We were like using it and showing it to people, and all of a sudden, DMM came out with one and a couple of other brands. Over. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah,
1: no, it's, it's got the Velcro closure on the middle, so you, it just like sits, right. sits on so the, and you push it over and it, it doesn't spill. Yeah, you heard it first here on the podcast, an Australian invention. There you go, it's up there with the wind keel for sure. Robert, Robert should've, you should yeah. put, put a patent on that, bad boy. You'd be, you'd be driving your Tesla, and, and you know you would, have <laughs> the gym. We, you would have the biggest climbing gym in Australia if you had that patent signed. We up. would. Yeah, we yeah, would. Yeah, yeah. we Com- have every big climbing gym in Australia. Yeah. Now, talk about funny, funny videos. I've, I've dug up one here of, uh, of you, Carly. So just bear with me, and I'll dig this one up as well. <laughs> crags of Nowra. Uh, I definitely have to say one of my personal favourites of the areas. Mm. It's got a, it's got like a bunch of mid grades there. I suppose the only thing that does lack a little bit with Nowra, and and obviously we can speak to this, is like maybe the top end of, of climbing. You know, like what we, yeah, the, the 30, 33 sort of an above. There's a couple around there. But do you guys, do you guys see that as a, a, a like where uh, Nowra can develop, or has it been sort of climbed out a bit in, in in that top end? Is it more of a you know a a good crag from 20 up to about 32? Is that, is that what you're thinking or is it hard stuff to go? Well,
4: for roses. Oh no, just yeah. in general. Yeah, I mean obviously oh.
1: Cheesdale's got some No, there's, some still,
4: there's still projects to do for sure.
3: Yeah. So yeah, you're I've telling got... people get the bolts out, get down yeah. there, start equipping. <laughs> I've bolted most of them. They're there, just go do them.
4: Young, young kids. Just need young to... kids
1: today. Yeah, I, mean, I <laughs> think, I've even sunk some steel down there, and it's waiting to go as well. There's some quite hard ones. I'll, I'll retract that comment. There is way hard routes to go down there.
4: Yeah, no. There's lots of. There's definitely heaps.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah cool. You
4: could chuck in a few
3: yeah. bolts here and there. Just yeah, that no. we weren't good enough to do them back in the day.
1: Well, yeah, that's what I'm tending to think. Yeah, we're a bit, bit hopeless. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Rob, you've done a bunch of routes down there, um, and and some of the hardest in that area um i do have a one that probably is a little bit maybe it's a sore spot for you i don't know um <laughs> yeah, bring I'll, I'll bring this up hold up
3: <laughs> just wait for me i'm just wondering which one <laughs> <laughs> is there a list there's a list oh no i'm coming back to a wall aaron don't worry about that i'm coming back that's good yeah that's it. yeah you like good wine so, yeah, that's right. Seems <laughs> like um, yeah, As soon go a up a couple of 25s, I'll be right. Yeah, it's a <laughs> bit tricky, the old year, yeah. But- so this was um, attempting attack mode, which is actually now white ladder, because at this time, I was still trying to go to the original anchor that I put in, which is now the white ladder anchor. Um, it was only later on, um, after a few friends of mine were like, we really want to do this climb, and you keep doing this 32, so like an obvious place, and trying to add this little bit extra to it. That should be a 32, and that's what became the tack mode is now the 32, which is the um the the uh, original fish which you'll see me climb past. So I'm actually really close here to doing what's white ladder and 34 now. So with no knee bars, by the way, just let's put that in there. <laughs>
1: oh, yes,
3: yeah, that's a bit controversial, isn't it? Now, like, um, can't the uh, no, can't see no
4: knee pad on
3: there. No, nah, we yeah. used
0: to
1: use our
3: arms to climb, but anyway. <laughs> <Thank you.
1: laughs> To be honest, I think it, for me personally, this this sequence up here is some of the best climbing on the planet, that, like, that climbing up that place is it's, yeah. sensational. The whole thing is just,
3: yeah. it's just beautiful climbing and that was yeah. what was really cool about the route, was it's just, it flows, it's super consistent, like way more consistent than probably any route I've ever been on. Um, you know, you can only, that place where you, you clip back there is really like the only place you can chalk your left hand on the whole climb. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so I come, and they, up into the, come up into the flake and then you get the pocket, this is quite a good pocket, and you clip this one. This is now considered the um, attack mode anchor, which is 32 to today. So I've just climbed the 32, and, um, and then I'm launching into the next part, which is now the white ladder part. And, so, and if you watch and the footage, you get... Pretty dang close, don't you? On pretty this, close, on this yeah. I'm, I've got my hand all over the hold, and if you hold that, not oh. that hold, but if you hold the, the hold up in the break, it's pretty well done. So it was close, but wasn't to be, yeah. Yeah, and and uh,
1: and we'll finish the podcast with something special, so you can watch that later to the viewers out there. But yeah, so is, was that for exa- was that one of the the routes that, that sort of got away that you'd love to have done? And and I'm not saying you can't go back and do it, but is it just is there a couple of those routes out there, Rob? That you know, yeah, of course. Like, oh, you know. yeah, yeah, that
3: one was one that I, you know, probably I don't know, maybe I should have done, but it, it didn't happen. It wasn't meant to be at the time, so. It, it end up becoming more of a psychological um, problem than a, than a physical at the end, I think. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: watching the w- watching that footage, and you can just see how you've you've just got it dialed, and, and you're making it look easy, and, and you think, oh man, it looks like a twenty-one. What's the problem? Yeah, that's um, right. But yeah, just that last little bit goes off, and and we'll show some footage at the end of the podcast of JKB, uh, and uh, and you can see the different techniques the modern day climbers are using. Yeah. Uh, with, the, with, the, with the Neva. So we'll wait and see at the end there's something special. Cool. All right. Um, now, I suppose the thing that I that – I, I mean, obviously, Carly, your love of Nara and your love of Robert blossom down there in the caves together and you <laughs> – and, 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 and I've got a lovely picture of you there together. You've been a, a lovely couple and, obviously, you've got a lovely son, Remy, who popped in there. How old Remy these days? He must be
4: getting uh, on. He t- no, he
1: just turned six. Is he school this year?
4: Yeah, starting kindy. Hey, starting yeah. kindy,
1: good work. Yep. All right. You can go climbing more, you two now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Counting down the days. <laughs> yeah. no, no, it's great. And obviously, yeah, you know, you're you're out of yeah, you're you know, you're a, you know a, a, a great couple, if I can say that. Yeah, you know, a real <laughs> embrace embrace like you know the true essence of climbing and and obviously yeah you, know, you you you've gone you've lived through the ups and lived through the downs and and you're you know you've got you know basically it's fantastic to see you guys out there enjoying that lifestyle and obviously living a bit of van life pretty van number one got totaled on the highway there but van number two is coming along nicely so that's good yeah and uh, and we're moving on there
5: cool hi i'm aaron co-founder here at scratch labs the world's first active nourishment company what does that mean nobody knows something the marketing department came up with right before we fired them Here at Scratch Labs, we make a great-tasting, all-natural sports drink that has fewer calories, more electrolytes, and absolutely no artificial anything. Big deal, right? It's a huge deal. Some people think so. Does your sports drink really need things like blue number one, red number 40, and brominated vegetable oil? Dude, that's a fire retardant. I'll get it. Here at Scratch Labs, we only use ingredients you've actually heard of and can pronounce. Hey, Sugar Bear. For instance, care to guess what's in our lemon-lime flavor? Yeah, lemons and limes. We've got four flavors now, but we're always working on new ones.
1: Now this taste like strawberry.
5: Of course they do, sweetheart. Of course they do. We call our newest flavor pineapples. Is that because we use a bunch of chemicals that taste like pineapples? No, it's because we use, yeah actual f- pineapples. Look, don't overcomplicate things. Scratch Labs makes a sports drink that has everything you need and nothing you don't. We're not exactly doing rocket science, people. Okay, we're doing a little bit of rocket science. So stop using an artificially colored, artificially flavored chock-full of preservative sports drink and start using an all-natural one that actually works and doesn't taste like crap. We are Scratch Labs, and that's the end of our commercial. Okay, that's the end of our commercial.
1: All right, new sponsor on board there for the uh, podcast, Aaron, is uh, Scratch Labs. That's great to hear that the guys have uh, went, yeah, they've dropped by the office and swung in some booty for us, some nice little energy bars there. So we'll, uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll have a bit of a competition going. Um, I think we've got some bottles and some bars and some T-shirts we can give away. Um, what do you reckon, Aaron, um, if you can name the dog? in the video and, and send the answer to us. And, and you have to be Australian, unfortunately. That's the only, only conditions in there. Hit us up on the social, gave us the name of the dog, and uh, we in the first couple of entries to us, we can give you some uh, some Scratch Labs booty. Excellent stuff. Good to That's have good. them on board. Cool, cool work. Now, as we wanted to, like, quickly jump into the competition scene now, um, Rob and Carly, and, and this is probably where most people would know you are from and and Carly as the national uh, nas- you you're the national root setter um and and I think I definitely say the most qualified uh, root setter in Australia at this time which is is fantastic and then obviously Rob you've you've taken up a role with coaching the the national team um as, as well and, and and I suppose what we want to do is sort of talk to you guys about how those uh, roles and what, what you're doing there and and how that's sort of like you know change your outlook on climbing I guess and how you're giving back um, to, the, to the to the to the new hopefuls and also the, the senior climbers as well but before we go there I just wanted to show you a couple of um, slides and maybe you can uh, talk us through these ones.
3: Oh, that's uh, a classic shot.
1: All right. So that's uh, a young uh, Carly Hap back then competing at the 19, uh, 1997 Escalade in Mount yep. Victoria. And how old were you there, Carly? Uh, I think I
4: was
1: 15. 15. 15. So you were yep. competing as a, a junior at that event? And yeah, so they had
4: a junior category, which I won. And I got an invite to the opens.
1: Oh, geez, that's been radical, isn't it?
4: Climb in the finals, which I think I ended up fifth, maybe. Fifth
1: in the finals. Oh, cool. All right. And I suppose Escalar, for those people that that don't know, was a bit like Australia's answer to the uh, Arco Rockmasters in, in Italy. And I think that's how it was set up. Um, is that right, Rob? I mean, I know you probably know a little bit more about it. than.
3: Yeah, it was, it was like a climbing festival that Luke, Lucas Trae organized in the mountains oh, for quite right. a few years throughout the 90s. Every second year it was on throughout the 90s. And, uh, and it, it had displays and talks and shows and it was fantastic. An art competition um, and it, it was just fantastic. And they had a big as like, you know, the big centerpiece of it. And so that was the comp to win, you know, like it was kind of more prestigious than Nationals at the time was to win Escalade. To win Escalade. Oh, yeah.
1: and, and I gather, um, I'll just bring up this picture. It says your name
3: on it, Rob. I gather this is you. That's me, yeah. Looks like a photo from Climb magazine. Same wall as Kelly was on, so it's 97, eh? You're 97, It's exactly right. And,
1: and obviously you won that year. You um, got the blazer. Got the blazer, the jacket the here and, yep. and you, you took that one out. Now, I just want you to explain
3: um, this picture here quickly. Can you see that one? Oh, you seem to have lost someone in that photo. <laughs> no, they haven't. Um, yeah, someone's missing. So like there's first, that's me.
1: And yeah, and the guy like, came in third, third. Yeah, and there's some there's idiot a, that came second. Now, guys, um, he came second. First loser, some, as we like to call them. Some um, But I just wanted to know, why was Mark Baker so upset? He'd just come third at the biggest <laughs> event in Australia
3: at the time, if not well, the Southern Hemisphere. I don't know. The guy in second wasn't looking too happy from, from my uh, record. Oh, no, I'll dig <laughs> up the
1: picture. I think I had a big smirk on my face. I couldn't believe he it. Did, I actually. It <laughs> Ask that one. I feel and retired from competition. No more. Excellent. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So what I was going to say uh, now is obviously, Carly, you, you've you've um, invested a lot of time in root setting. So you stepped away a little bit from the competition side of it, but now you're 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 a root setter. And and I suppose uh, I mean, like, what 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 attracted you to root setting instead of being at the you know at the pointy end of the competitions?
4: Um, I don't know. I, yeah, well, I started setting at Hangdog because Rod was like, oh, you might as well give it a go. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, was setting along. And then I think at the time when I had to set for nationals, there was no one else.
1: Oh, right. So yeah. you're on your own.
4: Oh, not on my own, but it was like a crew of us. Yeah. Um, that that was it. So it was like, okay, I guess I won't compete. I'll
1: I'll
3: set. Yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah. Really came back to it in down to it in back in the day that um, all of the, the people who set were also the competitors. And so you had to kind of make a decision as to whether you're going to be a set or, or a competitor.
4: Yeah. So yeah. what was your first
3: Nationals? Was it early
4: 2000s? Yeah, like 2009, I think. I start was probably my...
3: started. No, you did uh, one at Hangdog before that. I remember that was a National. Started sitting. Yeah. Yeah. And Early 2000s,
4: early 2000s Yeah. Right?
1: And, and obviously, setting is 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 definitely, um, or has been in the past, when you started culling, it's, it's uh, very much a male-dominated um, profession uh, back in those early days. And I remember I I used to do a bit of setting, and, and there was no females on on the team whatsoever. Coming in, there was a couple of testers that came in. Obviously, we got I remember having uh, a few females come in to test the roots to make sure that yeah, you know, that us, us males weren't um, setting the moves too long and, and things like that. But as far as a, at root setting, I mean, you're you're probably one of the you know the leading uh, international female root setters, if I if I can say that. Like, there's not a huge amount of depth in the females, but I know here in Australia, there's a really good contingent of, of female root setters now evolving, and and I dare say you're probably at the at the forefront of that, aren't you? Like getting the females involved in setting and being a part of the yeah yeah, yeah definitely there's quite a um yeah, there's
4: quite a good a bunch of females around at the moment which are setting just like commercially setting and um we're a couple that have have started setting in comps but yeah definitely like 10 years ago you know i was it
1: yeah it was definitely it was a -a boyathon, wasn't it like yeah yeah i remember i remember it's definitely a, a male club yeah 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 a bit like um uh, Australian politics uh, in the in the yeah. conservative, conservative party, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah no, that, I mean that's great to see that how like it, it's so much more um, uh, females are entering the sport, and we see that from a from it like uh, in the climbing gyms. How many more how many more females are actually in the gyms? And I mean my two girls, they love it. You know, it's fantastic. Yeah, to see yeah, it's definitely so, yeah. definitely you know developing into the sport yeah cool yeah. okay for those folks that don't know much about setting i've got this little bit of a snippet uh, of of carly actually root setting at a competition so it will show you the ins and outs That'll of work. it so obviously big day there exactly. setting how many how many like on a standard competition boulder competition how many Roots. problems would you set <laughs> nah.
4: well if you've got more categories the more categories the more problems but yeah. i reckon we set maybe about 60 problems
1: uh-huh. So this is you demoing some of the problems, so you can see you're on, yep. on on the action here. Yes. <laughs> yep. we can... Going
4: for it. Yeah. Nice. Nailing it.
1: Good work.
4: Nice t-shirt there.
1: Oh, very, oh nicely yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously that's the problem in the background, so you can see you tweaked it up a little bit. I noticed there, and then this is actually in the competition. So that's. Yeah, that can, yeah. You, you can you can see that. So obviously did obviously, a few blocks.
4: You definitely in a comp like to chuck in a few blockers.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, for yeah. the guys that yeah. didn't know the blockers, um, what it is is that you know, you've added a hole on the top, so then the climber has to actually accurately hit that hole. Is that right?
4: Yeah, yeah. It makes it yeah. a
1: little bit more challenging. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, in in that standard competition, I mean, you, you get pretty tired, you get sore skin, and 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 I mean, you do a lot of work for four days of or five days potentially of, of competition setting. It's uh, it's an art form.
4: And, yeah, and yeah. There's a lot a, of
1: work, a lot of work
4: that goes behind the scenes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and, not much sleep sometimes. Yep. Yeah, 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 And 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 I and I always remember like you just couldn't like your hand, you couldn't clasp your hands at the end of it because like, you felt like you'd been mounting Yeah, so, yeah. All puffy and stuff like that. So,
4: no. Definitely like uh, pulling on the quick draws to like brush the holds in between climbers.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's yeah, really painful. No, yeah. yeah, so. Oh I mean hats off to to all the setters. Um and and I must admit, um really you know, the the, the, the recent competition that we saw, the Olympic qualifier, that had been a very stressful uh, event to set for. Except for the speed, that's all worked out for you. That's pretty easy, isn't it? That you just have to brush the hole. Oh,
4: it still takes an hour to put it up and down
1: the roof. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, because you have to line it all up and all that. Yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was
4: was on Friday afternoon. I was thinking, Oh, I've got to get the speed route up still. Oh <laughs> but,
1: right, yeah, you yeah. like oh, that'd be easy. We'll leave that to last. Yeah, but uh no, bad move. But yeah.
4: it's not what you want to do last.
1: No, you? no, you sort of be thinking of that, don't you? Yeah, that's cool. But I mean yeah. that's obviously a very stressful situation, and 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 I mean I know I was talking to a couple of the other setters um, during the week, and they go, "Yeah, everyone remembers the mistakes the root setters make, never the never the mistakes the climbers make." And the, and the setters always get blamed yeah. if the route wasn't quite right. So, <laughs> so yeah, we, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've I think I had, so I've put my hand yeah, up yeah. to making a few errors on some <laughs> routes, but yeah, and we always think they're better than they are. And that's the problem, isn't it? That's the problem. Cool. Now, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I think the problem is, is they are super strong, but they all but they a lot of climbers tend to forget they forget how to climb sometimes when it comes out to a competition and uh and I mean yeah well, it, I think just the stress of the competition
4: exactly, especially for Oceana, yeah. there was so much pressure on some of those climbers that yeah we, yeah. we just you know you got to take that into consideration when setting
3: it's also yeah. the accumulation of all the, the rounds that they've done. You know, by the time mm. they got to the lead final at Oceana, they've done, you know, they've done speed runs on Saturday, they've done boulders, they've done lead, and then they had to back it all up the next mm. day and do speed and boulder again. So they were they were not just fried physically, but also mentally, you know. I think that's
1: what Tom uh, Tommy Farrell was sort of saying. He said his brain was fried. And, and like you know, he came out to the first boulder problem, he goes, I just couldn't do it, you know, I just couldn't think, you know, and uh, yeah, I couldn't work out a new solution. So, yeah, it is a bit problematic there. Now, I wanted Aaron to jump in. Aaron's a bit of a coach. So, obviously, um, and, and uh, Rob, you've started your coaching role. You've been coaching for a while, but you've started just recently up with the Australian uh, climbing team. So, I suppose um, Aaron can sort of jump in there and just see if there's you know, similarities as far as, you know, Aaron being a mountain runner. Um, and, and and what drives, you know, um, I suppose what drives, you know, uh, running coaching to it's a, it's a similar climbing coaching, for example?
2: Yeah, well, I guess uh, I'm always interested to hear from other coaches, even if it is from another sport. So, um, yeah, I think touched on it there. Like, uh, it's easy. I've, I always say for, from a running point of view, it's easy, easier to get someone fit, but you're sort of uh, also working on the mental side of, of uh, running and you know, mountain running as well. So um, I, like from my uh, very small um, involvement with climbing, that's, that's even more important. So I guess for me, I, yeah, I'm happy to hear from Rob like how if, what, what his thoughts are on is it uh, you know, as much physical as mental, the, the work that he's doing with athletes. Yeah, well,
3: in my role as um, national coach, and Carly and I was, were coaches of the youth national team for like uh, six years from 20, yeah. 2009 to 2014, and now I've stepped back in as a national coach again. Um, but basically what we're doing is once once uh, athletes have made it to that level, you know, they've qualified for, in this case, Oceana, or if they've qualified for championships, they're already good climbers, you know, like they know yeah. they um, It's really just a matter of um, preparing them for the event because it puts them in a totally different space to what they're used to. For Oceana, it was like, none of them had really competed properly in that combined format before. Um, So it was really just preparing them as well as we could for that. And also, um, you know, when you go to like a a world championship, you're in a totally different league and a different uh, mindset and different environment to what you are in a national event. So it's, it's really a lot of it is just preparing them mentally for what they're going to come up against. And I'm sure with Aaron, with your guys, you know, you know, they can all run, but it's just preparing for all the things that happen during the race, you know, and the pain that you go through and dealing with things that go wrong and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I remember thinking too with, uh,
2: Oceanas, it was, um, you almost like, yeah, obviously the focus was on that. And then you realized that, um, they hadn't had the regular normal state comps and everything leading up to it. So it was, some hadn't done a comp for almost that, or oh, 12 months or whatever it Literally was. 12 you know? months, yeah. yeah. For a lot so, of them, the
3: last, last comp they did was nationals yeah. oh, in 2019 19. when they actually qualified Just for qualified event. Just qualified for the event, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, you know, over 12 months beforehand.
1: And, and, and do you think that's going to be a problem with our guys, like leading up to the Olympics, for example? Like, there won't be any competitions leading up to... So that event, Uh, maybe you guys can hopefully have some local
3: ones, but is that going to, what you think? I think both Tom and Oceana are looking at how they can um, compete overseas if there are options to do that. So um, to go either go overseas and compete in a few World Cups and base themselves somewhere like Europe or Asia for the time, for some of the time. Um, But obviously, you know, it's really hard to make plans at the moment because everything's so up in the air. So, yeah,
1: and, and, and I mean, I know, I know, you know, Tom's got his family here, his girls, and, and, you know, there's that big thing, isn't it? Do I go over for six months to Europe and just base myself and say someone like Innsbruck? Yeah, mm. it's a fantastic opportunity. But, yeah, it's not – I suppose, yeah, being a dad, and uh, you know, you've got to think about these things a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it really put, puts him in a bit of a, a really difficult
3: situation there. It and, does, and yeah. And, no, that's and financial. COVID. Financial, yeah. yeah you know, massive Financial. Just, yeah yeah
4: you can't just go over to austria yeah and, you know, it's like, <laughs> what do you mean
0: <laughs> so yeah.
4: you know the whole two-week quarantine either side is going to put a massive impact on training schedules yeah you know, sitting yeah. in a hotel for two weeks is it's not good
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a nasty one isn't it? yeah and then and, the other the other uh, thing is that um here we're relatively you know compared to the rest of the world we're pretty safe from covid you know we have a few cases and you know we it's a big deal in Australia. Whereas if he or Oceania decide to head to a, a place where there's much higher caseload, then, you know, there's a chance they could get sick.
1: Yeah, would, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah I know. Things I know. As well. Yeah. And, and I suppose that's the scary, scary situation is, is, yeah, everyone says, oh, it's like the cold, blah blah blah." And I know some of the yeah. professional cyclists saying, "Oh, I'm fully recovered. It seems okay." But you sort of you don't know the the long term effects and things like that. So it's a bit of an unknown and
3: it's right. Yeah. Or how it's going to affect you personally. You know, like maybe someone does get off lightly, but you know, other people get hit really hard with it, obviously. So. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a bit, yeah. Bit, bit of a tricky one, but yeah.
1: So I mean, Aaron, I mean, you, I mean, your your runners aren't competing overseas. I mean, they're all sort of like locally based, aren't they? In
2: in that well, yeah, everyone's yeah. locally based at the moment. <laughs> so,
1: yeah,
2: but no, it's certainly it's certainly a factor. Like, I mean, I know, well, yeah, like a lot of people. You didn't, no one did too much last year, so yeah, you've got if you have guys worked with a lot of juniors and climbers coming through. So, like, I guess uh long term, yeah, the fear is, you know, you you don't want to lose those athletes because they can't go to a comp and they can't go to a junior world cup or whatever it might be like, it, um, you know, the effect on the sport, we, we want to stay positive, but it's definitely, um, yeah, a case of where you go. Ah, oh, yeah. Like, um, this, this the scene is, and I guess that's what was on our, our sort of agendas uh, talk today. Like you guys have come through from juniors and from young and you've, you've done the full spectrum of the sport where to where you are now. Like, yeah. How do you see the, um, the future of climbers? Have, have we got an exciting, Generation coming through because uh, definitely Oceana's like the podium was was young. I think you know Oceana at eighteen, a couple of seventeen-year-old. Yeah, it's pretty exciting.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Angie obviously. I mean, she's yeah.
4: Just, I think both yeah. in male and females there's, there's a good um, young crew coming through. Yeah. And um, I think with with COVID, you know, there's gonna, there is going to be a bit of a pause on comps, but hopefully, you know. The states can run some local uh kind of state titles to keep the momentum happening but yeah Yeah. with nationals, there may not be many comps around
1: this year will it send these young kiddies to the real deal outside yeah
3: obviously you're not a climber unless you've done
4: something yeah well that's what we've seen that's what's happened yeah Yeah. last year at the crags yeah
3: yeah and lots of these um we're, we're at the crag today and one of our young climbers who's just youth B this year, so she's just 14 this year. Um, she was out there crushing at the Glen, which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's
1: awesome. Yeah, that's and, what we want to see.
3: Uh, yeah, it's great, and we've had you know we've had kids climbing T 3s and uh, yeah. it's just fantastic. So it's really, I think, um, if you love climbing, you find a way. So you know, whether yeah. it's on rock or on plastic, yeah. you know, it's all climbing, and it's all it's all really good to see yeah. developing with kids yeah, across well, the, across
2: the board. At, at that age who, who would you have been able to ask about climbing because you were like at the forefront of it like you were starting out
3: yeah that's right yeah I remember uh yeah you know I did have mentors which was really good but um yeah we, we were always just trying to find knowledge and knowledge was really hard to find back yeah. then because there was no internet and there was no you know mentors were few and far between and um, yeah. you know, yeah. the best climbers I knew climbed 23, so.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. Speaking of the internet, I'll tell you something about the internet uh, later in the show. Um, and I suppose uh, with um, idols, I mean, obviously back in the day, I mean, Carly, who, did you, who were you looking up to? Was it the Katie Browns? Was it the Isabel yeah. Patricia? Or the Isabel? that's more like Rob's that year. Sorry about that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it
4: was Katie Brown or Lynn Hill.
1: Lynn Hill. Oh, Excellent. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Both the same height, is that you know, Both yeah. You know, you're relatively short there. You're, i agree right. them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lynn Hill, just, what what a fantastic climate. I mean, just her ascent of the Nose being the first ascent, you know, showing the boys, you know, um, what how to do it. That, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> isn't it? And Rob, who who was it? Was it was it Francois Legrand? Was it Didier Roubertu? Uh,
3: no, it was it was. Uh, first of all, because you, you know the only magazine you could get was Rock, so first of all, it was Kim Carrigan. Oh, and, Kim like, Carrigan. Yeah. And then, oh, okay. uh, and then, of course, Rock 85 came out and, you know, what Rock 85 was all about. It was about Wolfgang doing punks. and oh, And uh, so from that, that time on, it was Wolfgang. And then uh, probably Jerry, Jerry Moffat was the next one who I really was just like. Oh, sweet. Yeah, Excellent. Cool. Had my total man crush on and, Jerry. Aaron <laughs> knows
1: uh, Mr. Kerrigan, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Kerrigan's wife, Meg Carrigan, who's a, a top mountain biker. And I think she's, uh, she, she rocks up in your little town sometimes. So, yeah, so it's pretty cool.
2: It's uh, like I said, I'm not a climber, so it, it has been funny. Like I live in Mount Beauty, small town, and when I first moved here, um, I was uh, working with a bloke, uh, and uh, I'd come back from Rackley's, you know, just doing a little bit of climbing, hanging out with some mates, and they said, "Oh, this guy does a bit of climbing," and um, I said, oh, "All right," and they like, you know, get to meet, him, and then I um, we were going to a fire, I worked on a, a fire crew, and um. I look at the, the list of who I was working with that day and it's Steve Bullen. And I'm like, oh, I've just, you know, just put down the Arapahoe's book and I'm like, <laughs> oh, that would have been pretty awkward if I was in the car like, oh yeah, I can't this grade 15, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty good. You
3: should try it <laughs> one hey, day, Steve. You try it one day, mate. You might even yeah, be able
2: yeah. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then, then in town, uh, Amber, my wife's a yoga teacher and she comes home one night and she goes, do you know uh, a climber... Uh, um, Kim, and, and I was like, and she goes, Kim Carrigan, and I was like, yes, well, I don't know him, but I, you know, I know of, of him, and she said, oh, <laughs> his um, wife, Meg, came to yoga tonight, and I told him that, uh, you know, you, you know some climbers and stuff, I said, I <laughs> know, <Anna>, yeah, <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's a legend, uh, yeah, so it's well. well. Oh, Absolutely. we'll try.
1: We'll try and get those uh, lads on the show later down the track, hopefully. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And obviously, uh, Steve yeah. Bullen was at the forefront of narrow development. And has Meredith Mortgage had a second ascent? Did it Tom, has. Tom Halloran? Halloran did, O'Halloran did it? it. Yeah. What did he give it? Did he think it was thirty-two? Yeah, he thought it was pretty stout. Yeah, 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 <laughs> not twenty-eight. <yeah>, not twenty-eight. <laughs> yeah. So I think I remember Jan giving it a go uh, at one of our T10 uh, events, and uh, he thought yeah. it was like yeah, thirty-one to the. The crux at the top. So, yeah, uh,
4: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah so, uh, it's nails. Nice. Yeah, no, I know. I know I jumped on a route next to it and, and I thought, Jesus Christ, I'm not getting on that married anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. no. no when,
3: you, when you can't do the moves on the 27. That. No, absolutely. No way. No, that's
1: cool. Cool. Excellent. Hey, thanks, guys, for the great chat there. Uh, now, as part of the show, we like to wrap up with uh, a few facts and figures from the years that our, our guests were uh, that came into the world. Now, also, ladies first, Carly. They're born in 1981. Big special year this year. Congratulations, yes. there, Carly. We won't ask you how old you are. It's not very nice. <laughs> but uh, just the term, the internet was was first uh, first written and spoken of in 1981. Apparently, so there you go, Rob. If you would have been on. around climbing in 81, you'd have got some facts. Uh, so I was in year so, seven. <laughs> Space shuttle Columbia was uh, launched. I think it was the first, first space shuttle to uh, go into space from from that. Nice. Uh, and and a big wedding of the of the year in '81. Do you guys know? I uh, know you you'd be you'd know this for sure, being uh, royalists. Chuck and Dyer. Lady Lady Charles and Dyer got married in '81. And um, Songs of the Year were Betty Davis' Eyes mm. by Kim Carnes, Endless Love, Classic Rooted Minari, that's uh, 25 in the Ramparts, uh, Diana mm-hmm. Ross and Lionel Richie, and then Lady by Kenny Rogers. So a bit of a romantic year in 81. Films, Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Golden Pond. I've never heard of that, and then uh, Superman 2 was 81, so there you go. And Carly, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake is who you share your birth year with. Awesome. What's great, Carly. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> crime Lauren. of your river. Come on, man. You've got to know Crimea River. That's I fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, classic. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. And Britney Spears. What's
4: Britney Spears? My ninth, my high school. High school music was Spears. And yeah, just...
1: what's that like? <laughs> Is it like something one more time or something like that? That's pretty, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, there you go. Now, Rob, your year, your, your year, you're a 60s child, you know, driven in up there in the old psychedelic 60s of uh, 69. Uh, oh, geez, I've been listening to these tracks all day. They're in my head. Sugar, Sugar Uh like yeah. the Archies. Oh, the
3: Archies, yeah. What's the uh, the uh, cartoon spin-off, actually, it wasn't even a real band. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, Reggie see, on the guitar. Uh, yeah, you see that on YouTube. Yeah. Isn't But isn't Ronca that like, and, uh, isn't Betty that the, the spin-off
1: Marcus. of uh, Scooby-Doo and all those guys? Is no, no,
3: no. The Archies. You know, what came from the Archies is uh, Riverdale, which all the the millennials love.
1: Oh, it's Based yes,
3: on the old Archies, yeah. Is it? Yeah. All those people
1: in, in down 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 south. Would, What's in, Netflix? Aaron doesn't what know it? what Netflix is. There's a country. <laughs> oh, number two, the number two song. Oh, Aquarius, let the sun shine in. There you go. Let and then the very good, right? Very let let the let
2: Anyway, let uh, shine. I've got to go. <laughs> I, I,
1: I can't get you. Uh, I I can I can't get next to you by the temptations. Films was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids, The Love Bug, Classic 27 of the Grease K, I reckon it's the best. Ah, that's right. There. That was my car. Yeah. yeah. There you go. The Love Bug. And then uh, Midnight Cowboy, Easy Rider. Moon Landing happened in 69. Uh, I remember uh, it. That uh, yeah. was two months. You, you, you were there watching it on the TV? I was two months <laughs> old, yeah. Black and white. Uh, 747 Jumbo Jet made its debut. There you go. Woodstock apparently was around as well on that year. Bingo. Classic, a cl- uh, bit of a bit of a tragedy on this one. Uh, HMS Melbourne strikes a U.S. destroyer, and unfortunately killed eighty-two of its crew. I remember it. Yeah. and and you share years with oh, two stunning actresses, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Jennifer Anderson. On uh, boy, both born in sixty-nine. There you go. Wow. Yeah. So they're just, yeah, old. Yeah, they, yeah, they're doing all right, aren't they? <laughs> like yourself, they're right.
2: cool. <laughs> <laughs> <Way interesting. laughs> yeah, wow. Way back yeah. in the uh, early days of this podcast, we used to even do some climbing history on on the days <laughs> of all the years people were born. But it's just you've oh. just done your uh, pop culture research. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah blown I
1: don't know. What, 81, 81? Oh, what would have been the hardest one back then? Would that have been Center Court possibly? What was what was back, 80, 81? 81, I reckon 81? in
3: Australia. Kim have done uh India by then. Maybe Denim. Denim might have been. Denim? Denim. No. We'll, we'll, we'll do a bit of research. We'll let
1: we'll, you know next week, next next podcast. And it's 69. Geez, when was
3: that? Was there climbing there? maybe. Haram,
1: maybe. Haram. 69. Was,
3: that, that was pretty sure it was the West Wall of the Three Sisters or something like that. Oh,
1: right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or um, North Head, something like that, wouldn't it have Or...
3: No, no, it wouldn't have been able to climb that
1: back then. Oh, you would. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you've been the Yeah, Hemp ropes and you know, rap, rope wrapped around your waist, that kind
3: of thing.
1: Climbing yep. out. out of uh, Long Bay or something. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, we'll have a look. I'll, I'll get in contact with Mike Law. He's bound to know that information, isn't he? For sure. Yeah. yeah, cool. All right, guys. We'll leave you with this classic bit of footage. Showing uh, the uh, white ladder extension. Yes, nice, nice. So once again, Cheers. Rob and Carly, thanks for joining us on the podcast. <laughs> Cheers. Uh,
5: Cheers. And, <laughs> and
1: uh, thanks everyone for listening in. Cheers.
3: Thanks. See ya. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. No, I always like the fact that you know you could couldn't even take a hand off to chalk. It was just like
1: no. Well, um,
2: no, I didn't chalk on that thing.
3: Yeah. And even to clip, I remember. Um, Saxon coming up to me and saying, oh, here you've got this project where, you know, you have to scream just to clip a bolt. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. And he was like, oh, that sounds cool. And then I sort of progressively worked my way up it, thinking that doing White Ladder was the ultimate goal. The fact that I didn't do it, even though I could do all the moves, was was like, frustrating. Because in the past, I'd always been able to do routes that I could do moves on, yeah.
2: Oh, I think it's history. Just the evolution of like, attack mode, White Ladder, and then
0: now the extension is.
3: Classic. See what's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> When Ben put those bolts in, I told him it was kind of, it was um, dumbing it down because you know it got to a no, you know basically a jug rest, and then just adding a crossly little Blue Mountains finish to it. I was like, yeah, come on, dude, (laughs) that the best you can do. But Jake's now since convinced me that it is good climbing; it's worthwhile. So yeah, good work.